Every hunter, every forager, every hero and coward, every mother and father, every hopeful child, every inventor, every explorer, every daring sinner, every superstar, saint, and every supreme leader, every king, every peasant, every creator and destroyer, every accountant, surfer, murderer, and lawyer, every hand-holding couple, every corrupt politician, lived their lives out here on a speck in a sunbeam. Life's nothing without a creed, without following the tracks of those in ignominy. Life's worth nothing without making mistakes, without falsified theories and disproven fates. Life is nothing without history's nooks where paradigms fell and empires shook. Life is nothing without circumstance, without forceful will and random chance. Life is nothing without those who choose not to forget the failed, the dishonored, and the discredited That's us there, that pale blue dot. Everyone you've ever known, everyone you've not. The combined aggregate of our joy and our suffering, every religion, ideology, and economic doctrine. Life's nothing without belief, without doubt, without ambiguity. Life is nothing without loss and gain, without fear and comfort, freedom and restraint. Life is nothing Without taking a stand, without inquisitive minds and impossible plans, life is nothing. Without shared memory, without self-awareness, without uncertainty, life is nothing. Without those who choose not to forget. The failed, the dishonored, and the discredited Every momentary master, every guide and moral teacher, every academic, hypnotist, and passionate preacher, every follower, every friend, every thief and tyrant, every dreamer, dancer, victim and complainant, every priest, every magician, every vagrant and soldier, every cousin and uncle, every media mogul, every lover, every actor, every nurse, and every patient lived out their lives here on a speck in the sunbeam. And you just heard Blessed are the Discredited uh, from the Crack and What It Meant album by our upcoming guest, Quiet Marauder. We're going to have Simon Reed uh, from the band. He's a multi-instrumentalist, singer, songwriter, and beloved band dictator who will be joining us next. But before we get into that, uh, we are going to play the song Pretty Girls Are Pretty from uh, their debut album, Men. This album had 111 tracks. I'm very curious to talk to Quiet Marauder. Uh, about that and all that is coming up next right here on what the music hey man where you off to i'm going on public transport where are you going nowhere well, you're just getting on it. Yeah, pretty much. Well, w- 
11 4, man. Pretty girls. Pretty girls? Yeah. There are pretty girls all over town. I mean, you can see them in restaurant windows, in cars, on the street, and sometimes, you know, even on the public transport itself. Sweet, man. Sounds cool. A pretty girl is pretty versatile. She can wait on tables. She can make you smile. With a quiver in her eye, you can interpret as only for you. isn't pretty, you can kind of understand why it's not happy. That's, that's a good point. But where do all the pretty girls come from? Why are there so many? Well, you know what? I've been doing a little bit of thinking about this over the last few months. I've been doing some reading, too. And I think I've worked it all out. Really? Well, do tell. Well, actually, it's all really rather simple. Evolution brought us pretty girls. Their parents newborn and were probably pretty girls. Some studs who are also such tender lovers. Oh, 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 oh. And the future is full of pretty girls. They are the ones who will make and come to rule the world with a growing brood of ever such pretty offspring. Oh, 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 oh. We all know it's shadow when a pretty girl has low self esteem. It is kind of sad, though, that we don't care about the less pretty girls as much as the pretty girls, isn't it? I mean, they are people, after all. They are people. You're right. And it is sad that they're not as pretty. But when you think about it, they're not as pretty, and just looking at them when they're looking all sad for not being pretty will only make all of us all the sadder. Flippin' egg. You're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> the music we just heard the song uh pretty girls are pretty from my next guest uh, quiet marauder and uh my guest is simon m reed welcome to the program very excited to have you on i've been um listening to your latest album that's out and uh, we're going to be playing a track uh, from there very momentarily, but uh, the album is uh, Tiny Men Parts. However, uh, Pretty Girls Are Pretty was from your debut album, which I wanted to talk about real briefly because I cannot wrap my head around you putting out an album that has 111 tracks 
on it. Uh, that is rather daunting. For you, was that easy? It wasn't easy, I wouldn't say, but it was surprisingly easier than you might have thought. It didn't take us as long as I thought it might take, so that's a, a good thing. I wasn't stuck there for like 10 years cultivating this masterpiece, but um, there were a couple of us writing songs, so there was uh, a few entry points for new songs to come along. And uh, So yeah, it worked out pretty well, and we had a, a, a good few more songs that we had to cut from the album, uh, believe it or not. So <laughs> I don't believe it. I didn't believe it when there was 111 tracks. I was absolutely floored because most of the times, uh, you know, a lot of bands will save all that material because that's what at least 10 albums worth. But mm-hmm. for you, you, <laughs> you just put it out like nothing, uh, to, <laughs> To- I know it's a little it's a little bit arrogant almost as I say. I, I, I kind of regret it now because I, I wish I had nine more albums readily available to me. But uh it was uh, a, a notable exercise, so people um prick their ears up at the thought of it like you have. And it, that's kind of uh, part of the reason I suppose why we did it. We had enough songs and it was kind of a just almost a joke to just see what happened. And uh yeah, no, it worked out fine for everyone. No not many people have made it through the whole way in one sitting, I don't think. Right, right. That's definitely seems like a 10-course meal that you have to kind of uh plot your way uh through. Speaking of plotting your way through, I was able to catch a uh, a show on your website. And by the way, if you haven't, go ahead and already log on to quietmarauder.co.uk because I was able to watch a live performance that you did. I believe it was back in June in 2020. We were still socially distanced. We still are being socially distant, uh, I should say, uh, still to this day. But you were able to play uh, a bunch of stuff from the album Tiny Men Parts. It was live. And I truly enjoyed your theatrics and I know that sounds strange because it's just you really just talking to a camera and the band as well but it's very reminiscent uh, of Flight of the Concords. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that band or not I am. In fact, I'm, I'm actually wearing one of their T-shirts. No way. I can show you now. It's funny enough, it's the one with the seagull on it and they're playing the keyboard. So, yeah, no, I, I'm a huge fan. I've seen them twice um, at live and it was, and also, sort of, obviously, the TV shows are amazing. So, yeah, and I'm a big fan of both of them as just people. Anyway, I think they're really nice people. So, um, yeah, but uh, it was a lot of the songs that kind of got a comedy edge back uh, way back when and sort of still do to some degree. It's part of our sort of lyrical process, I think, to try and sort of get some humor into the songs as well. Yeah, because I think that Flight of the Concords is the most brilliant way in writing. And I have always tried to write like that. And it's extremely difficult. You make it seem easy uh, just in the way that you put your albums out, especially from the album Tiny Men Parts, which is available now and streaming everywhere. I highly suggest you go check it out. It's very fun. I was listening to it uh, right before uh, I had you on. And uh, some of the funniest tracks on there was uh, the the one about the mustache, and then mm-hmm. and then you go to part two already. <laughs> like you don't even wait. <laughs> and then that was just funny. That was just you know, music should be intended to have fun. I know a lot of people, um, you know, want to have that serious side to them. Was that a just a definitive decision that you made to make sure that you were at least having fun with your music? 
Yeah, I mean, it was sort of a process, really, because I think we also take things quite seriously sometimes, but I think, like most people, there's sort of a balance in place, isn't there? And yeah. so, to me, life is sort of a mixture of, like, really terrible things happening and some really nice things happening, <laughs> sometimes on the same day. And so, I mean, to me, if you're not sort of embracing any kind of form of humour in your songs, you're kind of missing a, a trick, really, because it's sort of something quite relatable. And um, so, yeah, it was part of our process, I think. We were kind of writing funny songs that we would were hopefully then going to sort of gradient into sort of darker songs and just to show how sort of um certain things lead to other things and that was sort of what men the first debut album was about really um and so in tiny men parts is kind of a it's much more of the party-ish kind of songs but even some of those have got quite dark undertones too so i just uh, i'm glad that no one's really noticing them <laughs> <laughs> well i'm noticing them and i'm having a good time uh, not- noticing it. And again, um, if you need a good laugh or just want your head to really, uh, examine the psyche, uh, go ahead, log on to quietmarauder.co.uk. Um, because again, there's a live show on there and it's been a while since I've seen a live show. So to watch you guys, uh, you know, perform was, uh, rather fun and, um, you know, I missed that. I, I missed that experience, but uh, you guys did bring that experience to life, and I uh, can't wait to, you know, to see you guys live uh, one day. But something that you brought up um, in that show, and it was a, a very astute observation, was uh, the the observation of the love song, mm-hmm. and just how uh, love songs make all these bold promises that are so unachievable and i saw that and i was laughing so hard and then you go into uh you know your next song about uh you know the only thing that we can achieve is just actually making a sandwich for each other and (laughs) you know and and as as funny as that is it's so real because making a sandwich for somebody is so tangible rather than mm. as you would say catching a grenade i wanted to get into that moment in your brain where did that really happen you know were you making a sandwich for a certain person and that just kind of came on and bruno mars happened to be on you just made the that connection I think it was just a lot of love songs. I was listening to um, just the radio, and I used when I used to drive around places more often than I do now under lockdown. But um, and it, there were so many really terrible love songs that really overpromised things, <laughs> and I kind of I, and it started to sort of break with me. And so it it wasn't so much that I was there was a moment where it kind of happened. It was like a slow torture effect where I was just being ground down by the sort of uh, the bold proclamations of people like Bruno Mars and various other people I mean Westlife um, an Irish boy band were renowned for making very very big promises like flying without wings as well which is <laughs> very difficult uh, even to fly as a human being is hard so yeah without wings is impossible I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> You know, I love that we're having such a great time talking about music and just the absurdity that is music. But at the same time, is it hard for the mainstream, you know, media to take your music seriously? I, I kind of get that feeling. <laughs> but that, and that's absolutely fine. I mean, um, it's it, we're kind of uh, just doing what we do and what we think is a good idea is what we'll pursue. 
and often it's, it may just be me thinking it's a good idea <laughs> and no one else in the band. But um, that's what we'll try and do. And I think that's pretty true to ourselves is what we've tried to be throughout our sort of career. And uh, we've not done the easiest projects, but we've like always felt that they were the right thing for us to do at the time. Um, and so, yeah, most albums we only kind of pursue if we think, yeah, you can do a good story here, which will blend these kind of dark bits with these light bits and make people laugh and make them sort of feel quite sad as well about certain other things as well. So. Now, uh, earlier in the program, I did play uh, the song Blessed Are the Discredited, and that mm-hmm. was from the crack and what it meant. Did I, did I yeah. say that right? Crack and what it meant? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the most perfect song for right now. And mm-hmm. everything that that we're going through, it was uh, must have been a very head of its time song. Um, take me through that. Did did you? I mean, for lack of a better term, did you see the future, or were, were you, I, and I know that sounds stupid and and crazy, but it's so timely about what's happening right now. And I get oh. this. I get this a lot it, that people tell me that I'm ahead of my time. And it, it's a funny observation because I'm like, well, when is time going to catch up to me? <laughs> type type deal. But do you? Yeah. But do you feel that you're ahead of your time in the way you write uh, specifically? You know, uh, for that song, "Blessed Are the Discredited." I mean, it was funny that because uh, I wrote it really um, around the time that we did Brexit over here in the UK. I don't know if you heard of Brexit over there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We left. Yeah, so uh, it was a big thing over here. And um, but I started writing it even before that, and then it came out after Brexit, and everyone thought it was about Brexit. But now it's related to the pandemic as well. <laughs> and I don't know. I think I, I may just be predicting terrible things, but I, nothing specific enough to sort of warrant any accusations my way. I hope. I mean, but yeah, it's it's. I think those kind of feelings that you get when crisis events happen, uh, either at a psychological level or a social level, culturally or, or whatever. I think they create certain waves of reaction at a social level too. And so that's what I was trying to document with that song, particularly was sort of the outcome of that um, whole process should be that at the end we kind of accept what everyone's said about each other and come to terms with it and try and move forward um, as hard as that might be. I've been seeing reviews about your album, which is out now, Tiny Men Parts, Go Get It. I saw what was where where was that? Um, oh yeah, it was a review that came out, and it was the headline that you nail masculine creepiness. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I got it. Fish, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I I've never had that compliment laid at my door before. It was a. Uh... And I, I assume it was meant as a compliment. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was still, it, it, I suppose in a way it is what we were trying to do it, with some of the songs because it's sort of, it's about creepiness with women and sort of like how that sort of gets a bit darker sometimes. And that was a lot of what the men album was sort of covering a lot, as well as lots of other stuff. But um, there's definitely that theme within it. And so I think that's kind of what he's saying is it's sort of like, yeah, you can uh, you can do all these sort of creepy things and sort of... Um, hopefully not get judged for it. I'm very much doing character songs, <laughs> not playing myself. Right, okay, just making sure. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm glad we checked it off. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want the people to think that you're a, a weirdo <laughs> in a way. No, you know? I don't either. I mean, I, I worry about it a lot, but uh, <laughs> um, at the same time, I, I can't do much to control it because I did write those songs. So um, <laughs> they and some of them are a bit creepy. But um, that, like I say, it's it's not really me. I, it's a uh, protagonist. Uh, the whole idea of the Men album was that every song was a male protagonist saying something really. Um, and it could be sort of tragic or it could be comic or it could be really dark and, and horrible. But um, it was always from a man's perspective, as ridiculous as that might be sometimes. <laughs> right. Well, have you ever written from a woman's perspective? Well, I, funnily enough, our album, which we're releasing in April, is um, purely centered on a female protagonist, which I did write for. My uh, backing singer of the band is singing it, though, because I can't do the voice of a girl, unfortunately, <laughs> very well. But isn't that the funny so, part of the, <laughs> of your music? <laughs> I have done it before. Yeah. I mean, I thought on this one it might be more appropriate to actually have a, a, a woman singer I, rather than just keep them in the back uh, <laughs> doing shouting eggs over me. Right. I, I think it like they've got a good voice. So yeah. yeah. So that was the plan with that one. So yeah, but I did write that song purely, all of those songs really from a woman's perspective. There's a few which I sing on the album too, but yeah. And so that was kind of different. Um, but I wouldn't say that I, like womanhood was a central idea within it. It's not like I was trying to write uh, as a woman, particularly, it was just writing from a certain perspective that happened to be that. So, gotcha. So the last song that we're going to leave with is going to be eggs, mm -hmm. and in this, um, you actually go out and you tell people that the egg came first, which is very controversial. Mm -hmm. You know, th this has been one of the most controversial uh, topics leads to fights which came first mm. but you do take a stance that the egg came first how did you come to that conclusion for that definitive answer well that guy in that protagonist in that song was very very fixated on eggs as you might have been yeah. able to tell by <laughs> by the lyrics and uh, and so he would always definitely think that the egg came first because that's just how he views his world so he was um that was in the period of the main album where the protagonists were getting increasingly fixated on quite random things. So there's various songs about animals and eggs and dinosaurs as well. There's a guy who tries to learn the name of every dinosaur um, that ever existed. And that, so those are kind of all there amongst that same set of themes. And so eggs is one of those songs. Yeah. Um, but I love how it changed between sort of the first version on the Men album and the newer version now, which we've done with the full band, because it's it's such a big punk epic song now and uh before it was just me and the melodica shout, sort of quietly whispering eggs at you <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun song it is a fun album go out get it it's available everywhere tiny men parts uh, my guest has been simon reed uh, make sure to go check them out uh, at uh, their website quietmarauder.co.uk he's also part of the bubble rap collective out there in the uk bubble rap collective.co.uk and just for one second what is the bubble rap collective uh, for those that don't know 
So it's our record label, really, um, releasing sort of other Welsh bands as well, um, and uh, probably bands in England, maybe. We might even go that far now, <laughs> for sure. But, um, yeah, so pr- predominantly Wales. And, uh, yeah, we generally press things to vinyl um, in sort of exclusive short-run packages. Um, I say we, it's not me in charge. I don't uh, I don't own it. It's my uh, boss. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, so that's the basic premise of it. Beautiful little bespoke short-run vinyl pressings. Um, that we tried to make and send across the world. Very cool. I'm uh, very excited uh, for your next album coming out. It and, and again, it seems like you're just turning these things out like clockwork. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you, th- this last album came out, I believe, in November, and now you already yeah. have one ready for April. Um, so, uh, that is, uh, quite, uh, impressive, uh, to say the least, uh, that you could come up with all that. <laughs> you know, in a short. Got a, there's a lot of time on our hands at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we recorded both of them just before the pandemic hit, to be honest. And so we've been spending our time remixing them and getting them ready to be released. Um, and so yeah, that that was kind of lucky timing. It was literally we we ran away from Italy as the pandemic was chasing us. <laughs> it was quite horrifying. <laughs> but um, yeah, we got out in time. But yes, it was like, uh, yeah, very kind of fortunate timing for us because otherwise I think we would have been stuck not releasing any albums for a while. <laughs> well, now you have a, now you have a slew and, uh, I wish you continued success. And, uh, uh again, uh, my guest has been Simon M. Reed from Quiet Marauder, quietmarauder.co.uk. Go check out, uh, all of his work. He does have a Spotify. I will have all the links on entertheshell.com to his Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, and uh, as always, we are going to leave you down Pow, 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 and there's a question over which came first.
so much for tuning in to what the music we truly appreciate it and again thank you to our guest simon m reed from quiet marauder where you can find again at quietmarauder.co.uk really truly appreciate it and if you truly appreciate this show log on to enter the for more of my interviews and guests uh and uh, of course music that i handpick from all across the world so make sure to log on to enter the shell.com and check us out thank you so much for tuning in enter the shell.com thanks for distracting